Welcome to the Francisca Show podcast, a part of JewishCoffeeHouse.com, a show on where I give a voice to Jewish issues, topics, and people. I'm Francisca, a podcast success launch coach and your host. Welcome back to the Francisca Show. Thanks for joining once again. Here is your second bonus episode for this week. It is with Esther Freeman, back to our roots where we interviewed Jewish women in the arts and entertainment. So please enjoy this as we check music back into our lives. Have a beautiful Akba Omer. If you haven't listened to the first episode all about what happened last year in Mayron in regards to one story, one perspective, and one life that was lost, please go back and listen to our first mini episode for this week and make sure to tune back in next week. Of course, check out the other podcasts, a part of jewishcoffeehouse.com, and join our conversation on the WhatsApp group. Link is in the show notes. Without any further ado, here we go. Welcome back to the Francisca Show, everyone. Today we're doing a special episode because we are going back to our roots and talking about the topics and having interviews like we did at the beginning of this podcast. So Without any further ado, I'd like to introduce our guest today, a famous musician, songwriter, singer, Esther Freeman, who lives in Crown Heights. Thank you. It's so nice to have you finally on. We've tried this before, and now this finally worked out. Yeah, well, everything happens in the right time. We're on here today to talk about your life, your journey as a from Koisha space entertainer, and I'd love to hear how your journey started. Since I was uh, a little girl, as far back as I can remember, I was always singing and dancing and doing gymnastics and just jumping all over the place and always saying that I'm going to be a singer one day. Back in the day, growing up, I grew up in a Chabad family, but we were a bit more open-minded and I was exposed to like non-Jewish music and I used to imitate all the singers. In particular, like I used to try to do the vocal runs of Christina Aguilera and Celine Dion. I remember actually... When I was about 14, I think I had gone to my sister's Chabad house and I had sung for one of the girls that like go to her, went to her Hebrew school program. And she's like, oh my gosh, you have such a great voice. I want to introduce you to my sister. She has connections and ties to like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. And I was like, oh, you know, a little excited 14 year old little me. And I actually met her sister and I sang for her. She's like, oh my goodness, um, that's it. You, I just need to get a permission from your parents. And I'm thinking to myself like, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> but like curious little me was like, okay, I'm going to just see what my parents have to say. So I went to my mother and she was like, are you kidding me? Like, absolutely not. And then I went to my father and he's like, so how much money will you make? <laughs> and of course, like, She actually said something to me, which even at a young age, I was like, yeah, this is really just not for me. Aside for realizing even the stars back then, how they would start out in like the Mickey Mouse Club, they would start out so innocent. And then as they grew up gradually, like the world would just change them and like sexualize them. And that was not a road that I wanted to go down even at 14. But aside for that, she said to me, she's like, yeah, we'll just have to get you a nose job and it'll be fine. And And I thought to myself like, okay, look. I've been teased about my nose many times. It's something that I've been actually wanting to talk about, like just alone on my own Instagram. But for me, I don't want to have to like change myself for anybody else. I don't want to be owned by anybody, not my body, not my voice, 
not my inner voice. It was something that I just, you know, and obviously I didn't pursue it when I was 14, but it was always like something for me to talk about, like, oh man, I could have been on the radio. I could have been out there. And even growing up, my brother used to like beg me, Esther, just go on, go on American Idol. I'll pay you. I just want to see how far you can go. And of course I didn't do that. I was actually very from, and I really didn't want to go in that direction. I was always just singing. And eventually when I went to seminary, I learned how to play guitar and I learned a lot of like deep chassidus and I felt very connected. And I started writing songs in my room in seminary and I wrote like a good number of songs, but 11 of them, I had gone to a studio and I saved up whatever money I could. I went to a cheap studio in Israel and I recorded these 11 songs and I came back with a CD that I will never show to anybody. (laughs) But I remember my family was just like, oh my gosh, Esther. Like you did it. You always said you were going to be a singer. Like you really did it. And I started singing for my sister's Chabad house. And the way that it works is like, once you sing for one Chabad house, you're already out there in the network and word just got around. And at that time, actually Hanala was like doing her thing. And I know Hanala from, from Miami. And I used to like go to her concerts and admire her. So I was like, okay, I'm going to really try to do this. And when I was 19, I started going around to different Chabad houses, like around the world. And it just progressed. And here I am today. (laughs) How did the structure work from you putting yourself out there and starting to perform? Did money start going in, coming in, and then you put it back into creating your albums and your recorded music? So happens to be at that time, I remember this was before Facebook, Instagram, YouTube is like the start of the internet, even like people didn't really have much back then. I had no connections whatsoever. Like maybe I remember like Yankee Goldenthal, the guy who does pop insanity, like the popcorn. So at that time he was in the music industry and he had actually played music at my wedding and he was a good family friend. I had gone to him. At that time there was no one like producing Jewish women. Like the way I, I always admired Hannah. I was like, how did she even do this? I think I was like 19 and I was living in Crown Heights. And I wanted to professionally produce my music. And somehow I had a friend of mine whose friend's brother was in the industry somehow. And I got connected with them. We like recorded a couple songs like as a demo and it just never went anywhere. Every time I tried to attempt to do something, it like never went anywhere. What do you mean by never went anywhere? Did you post it online? No, there was no online. No, there was no online. Back then. And I had no idea what I was doing. I had all these songs and I was singing them. I would bring my guitar to Chabad house. I had no playbacks back then, except for when I was like 19, 20, I had maybe one or two playbacks from when I was like working with these guys. I don't want to mention their names, but it's actually, it was very difficult for me to do music because every place that I would go to, there was, there was a difficulty there. Can you talk a little bit about the difficulties? <laughs> I don't want to like, okay, the difficulties. Wow, this is going to get a little bit controversial. That's okay. I think this is what we come on here to do. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's important to... It is important. To debunk, you know, what it's like to be in the music industry. I want to say this as appropriately as possible. The difficulties were that working in close proximity with a male became problematic to the extent that they started developing feelings for me. And because of that, it got in the way of the music. And so it ultimately had to end. This happened three times while I was single. I was working with two guys. They both knew that I wanted to only date Chabad. 
And they were Jewish from? They were from Jewish. Everything was appropriate. Everything was appropriate. It was not like anything inappropriate. It's just one of them started developing feelings for me and expressed his interest in me and wanted to date me. And I said, you know, I'm strictly looking for Chabad. This is what I always said since the get-go. And it just became a very uncomfortable situation. So that ended. And then another time I had gone to somebody else and he was like, wow, this is great. I really want to do this. And then eventually he told me, you know, Esther, I'm, I'm attracted to you and this is not going to work for me. So that ended. I've never spoken about this before, actually. Oh, thank you. And, and it's weird because it's not like anything, uh, nothing was like inappropriate. It was just, I guess, listen, there's a reason why Kalisha is a thing. There's a reason why, like, there's a, it's, it's, an, it's very attractive. A woman having a voice and having confidence and being a performer, there is a heavy attraction there. And I can understand that. And at that time, there was no female producers in the firm world. There just wasn't. There wasn't that many women out there. And it also because there was no like, there wasn't that many studios and studios were so expensive as well. And it would cost so much money. It wasn't like it is nowadays where you could just download some software and start producing your own music, which I don't even do that now. So that became problematic. And then I got married and all my money and my focus went towards my kids and marriage, living and all of that. And I never really had support. I really did not have financial or just like rah-rah support. I tend to also self-sabotage. That's a big issue for me. Even the gigs that I got were all just word of mouth. Like people just contacted me. I never made a cold call ever. I never reached out to anyone. And part of me was always like, okay, well, everything's going to happen in the right time. And there was frustration with it because I was like, well, when am I going to get out there? Because I have such great songs and I have so much to offer and I have so much to share. And for me, this is like a shluchas. You know, it's not like a shluchas. It is my shluchas. When I was about 21 years old, after having come back from Sweden, from Anschluchas, I realized that my music is my shluchas and I always wanted to go on shluchas. So I had decided that I was willing to go out with a businessman because at first my focus was, well, I want to go out with a guy who wants shluchas. So I've always viewed this because a lot of my songs are based on like sichais and my marim and like deep concepts in chassidus and deep concepts in Torah. And I want to, before I sing, I always talk about it and I relate to the audience. And, you know, so this is my way of, of spreading the light of Yiddishkeit and Judaism and chassidus to the world. So I decided to go out with a businessman. Even all these gigs that I got at Chabad houses, like people just, it's word of mouth. People heard and Chabad houses are always looking for somebody to come and entertain their women. And so I did, I ended up getting a lot of gigs, but a lot of that money was never able to go back into my business. So I just never felt like I was progressing because I had all these great songs. Nothing was really put out. I also didn't even know what I was doing. Like, it's just not, my passion is not in the releasing music in the fame, in the getting out there. My passion is put me on that stage and I will shine and I will bring light into the world. That's my goal. That's where I shine. That's what I love doing is being on that stage and inspiring women, looking into my audience eyes and connecting with people on a very deep level because we know music is a universal language and that's really a way to get through. That's really what people listen to. There is no inhibitions when it comes to that. So the money aspect has been a difficult one for me. It's been the difficult aspect because I'm not motivated by money, unfortunately. 
<laughs> it's one of the reasons why I just recently like posted that I'm looking for someone to be my executive assistant, you know, basically I need someone to make those cold calls. I could be doing so much more. I mean, I'm motivated by wanting to, to get the messages out there more, but the money part is like, it's a difficult one for me. And I could be making a lot more money. I definitely could. I definitely could have a better business model of like taking whatever I make and putting it back into the business. That's for sure. Being a single mother isn't exactly uh, the easiest thing when it comes to monetary expenses and whatnot. Before we go into life as a single mother and being a musician, juggling all of that, talk to me about how you charge and how people pay to you and maybe if you're comfortable sharing some numbers with us. So I would rather not share the numbers. I'll be honest with you. Like in some ways I'm like firm, but when it comes to a number for, I've gone gradually up in price since I was 19. I try to be fair. I've never made my own concert. I mean, I've done like a concert in Crown Heights or like a Simcha Space Shueva for the women here. I try to be fair in the number because being that it's my shluchas and being that I really want to get the messages out there, I don't want to be an astronomical price. Even though people tell me all the time, Esther, you could totally charge more and you deserve way more. For me, it's not about that. You know, I would love to, yeah, would I like to have money? Would I love to be able to put back into my business? 100%, you know? But whenever I speak to Chabad House, a lot of times I'll be like, you know, let me know. This is my asking price. This is what I usually charge. For going out of town, for sure, my, my price is firm. You know, that I keep. Like if I have to get on a flight and it's going to take me more than 24 hours and I have to go there get on a flight, stay there overnight, sometimes over Shabbos, which also that, that will fluctuate the price a little bit more. But in town, like I definitely give back to the community, to the high schools here, to the Sheikh Chabad. I, I do what people can, can afford for my community. A lot of times I might consider that miser or tzedakah, but I think I'm a very, I charge very fairly in terms of my experience in the business, my experience as a performer, as an artist, and also just as another person who's on shluchas. So it's a, it's a different aspect for me. If I did a big gig, like where I'm inviting people to my own concert, I think that that would, that would change it up a little bit. That might be a little bit of a different story. Could you analyze or compare your relationship to your professional music when you were in your marriage versus now? Meaning in terms of the way it is factually or like the way that people view me, the way that I view myself. Can you get a little bit more specific about whatever you feel is relevant? But what comes to mind for me is maybe you did focus a lot on your family and on your marriage and your music sort of took a back burner when you were married and now you are a lot more active and visible. Let's go back just a little bit. I remember when I was married, I, I was doing gigs then more word of mouth. You mentioned not having the rah-rah. That's what I'm referring to. So I went to a producer. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's not like um, he definitely supported the fact that I was doing this. It's not like he uh, said he didn't want me to do it. That's for sure not, though. He definitely was like, go for it. So I went to a producer and they're like, wow, you definitely have the talent, but you need to become, you need to get more out there on social media. And I remember the first time that I encountered Facebook, I was at someone's house And a bunch of girls were sitting in front of the screen, just analyzing and totally talking Lush and Hara about like every person that they saw. And I was like, wow, I definitely don't want this. (laughs) Like, this is not for me. And then when I went to this producer, 
they're like, well, you have to get on Facebook. Cause at that time, Facebook was, you know, I have to make a Facebook page. I have to get out there. And I'm like, well, I really don't want to. They're like, then we can't help you. There's nothing we could do. Like you need to get out there. And also like, they're like, well, you should start with covers. And I was like, no, I'm an artist. I don't want to do covers. Like I'm very much about having your own voice and Jewish music needs more artists, not just taking a Pusik from Tyra and putting it to a tune. Like you need, like, you know, that was something that I wanted to offer that was unique. Like my own songs that I'm not taking anybody else's tune. I'm not, you know, taking just a Pusik from Tyra and just putting it to a tune. I'm writing my own tunes and my own lyrics. So I ended up going on Facebook. And at first I was like, I'm only going to accept women. You know, and then my brothers got insulted. Well, one brother in particular. And I'm like, okay, I'll let my brother. And then eventually things just progressed because then it was like, okay, well, my husband and then like cousins and then like, you know, eventually it just, it took off a little bit. I had no idea what I'm doing. I still don't have any idea what I'm doing with social media. It's not my focus. Like I actually have more of a following on Facebook. I feel like a little bit of a, you know, we call it an autocacker, like an old person. Like, what do you mean? Facebook's like so like 10 years ago. I think I like the platform of Facebook for some reason. I think there's just more of like, I can have more interaction. People can also interact back. They can post pictures. They can post links. I like how you can click on a link in Facebook. It's much easier. So I had my Facebook page. I remember one video that I had posted was about me talking about the power of music. And it was like a highlight of a video at a concert that I did, where which was amazing. It was like a high school concert with like 2000 girls in the audience. And they were just like, Literally, they were trying to grab me off the stage. I felt like such a superstar. I was like, what? No way this is happening to me. This is so cool. It got like 18,000 views on Facebook. And I was like, whoa. And I wasn't, I had never posted anything to YouTube at that point. What was I going to post? I'm also a little bit of a perfectionist in the sense that I want to post something that's professional. Like I'm not going to just sit there with my guitar. So I was doing that, but a lot of my energies went towards my kids. I had four kids in three and a half years. A lot of it went to my marriage trying to make my marriage work, did everything possible to really try to, you know, there was a lot involved in that. And it's, that's another story for another time. But definitely after I got divorced, it took me a good year, year and a half to get my bearings. And then I started up again. I really started, I had gotten on Instagram like a couple years towards the end of my marriage. I still don't think I'm like that out there on Instagram. What do I have? Almost 5,000 followers. And I, I don't do giveaways. I did a giveaway once because somebody asked me to get involved. I'm not trying. And I know that if I did try, I'd probably get out there. It's not like I don't have what to offer or what to bring to the table. I just, I'm not trying. No, definitely not. (laughs) It's also not my passion. It's okay. Yeah. (laughs) What are you focusing on now as an artist? What are your dreams and aspirations? What am I focusing on? It's actually interesting because in some ways I feel like I might be going through what's called a midlife crisis. Although I hope like this is not my midlife because I'm only 37. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you well, know? you've accomplished so much. So you, you get to- you know, people say that, but I know in my heart, like if circumstances, well, this doesn't help because like shoulda, coulda, woulda is like they say is in Amuna. Like Hashem made everything happen for a reason. And I accept that hundred percent. I am where I am today. You know, some days are harder than others, but I'm grateful for the process. And I know that everything happens at the right time. In my mind, sometimes I justify it. I'm like, maybe this is just has so much light to it. Like my songs might have so much light and the world wasn't ready for it. I don't know. Like in my mind, that's the Hasidist mind talking. I definitely have done a lot more over the past few years than I did during my marriage in terms of putting out music, getting it out there. I have so many songs that are basically done that I have not put out. It's like Chaval. And I'm like, what is, what's stopping me? I don't know. 
I don't know. I'd faster put out a nigun than my own songs. And I I don't know what it is. I know that so much work is entailed and a lot of my energies are focused on my kids. They're getting older. I'm still going through a lot of stuff with their father. Just single mom, a lot of my energies go there. Plus, here's a big one, okay? I live in Brooklyn. There's a, a family above me who makes a lot of noise and it's not their fault. I literally just had a conversation with her today. I recorded what it sounded like literally from my phone on my couch. She was like, oh my gosh, I felt so bad because I, I never say anything to her. And she's such a sweetheart and it's not fair to her kids because they deserve to live. It's just a Brooklyn apartment where you hear everything. And then my kids, I'm sandwiched between my landlord underneath and then my people on top. And they're all so nice and so caring. And you know, I try to make my kids conscientious, but it's like, even during the day, it's hard to record. And I do have a recording studio here where I could just do vocals. I could literally just be doing even covers once a week on my own. And I'm just not doing it. There's a, just a lot going on, but I'm giving myself a little bit of slack because it's it's a bit overwhelming. It could be extremely overwhelming. And I probably have like an ADHD mind. I've never been diagnosed. I walk out of my room and I'm like, okay, I have this and 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 this to do. And even if I had a list, I'd still get overwhelmed because it's like, you know, you go to your desk, you're like, oh, I forgot about that bill. And then I go to my kitchen. I forgot about that. And then I'm like, I can get stuck in my apartment. And then it will be like, now it's like only 4.30. When it gets to 4.30, it's dark outside. I'm like, oh my gosh, where did the day go? Like what in the world? So I get very overwhelmed and I'm pretty much, it's not like anybody's holding me back. It's not like anyone's saying, oh, you can't do this and you can't do that. I, I do have a lot on my plate, Bar Hashem. I think more like I need a team. I need a better support system. I think there's there's what to say about that, but there's that. And also, like I said, the midlife crisis thing, like sometimes I think very deeply and I'm like, what is driving my passion for the singing? What is it really? I also check myself like, Esther, are you doing this for the right reasons? Are you doing this for Hashem? Like, are you doing this for other people? Are you doing this for self-esteem? Are you doing this for the likes? You know, I get caught up in that. I do. Thank you for admitting that. I think everyone gets caught up in that. And it's important to share that because I think people yeah. following or just going on Instagram yeah. to see what's out there and they only see the stuff that we do put out, not the stuff that doesn't get out there or the the feelings that go around after posting, before posting. If you had any words of advice for anyone who is launching their passion, their career in singing and being in the Kalisha space, what would it be? The Kalisha space. I think that we're in very different waters than we used to be. I think social media really brought us all to the forefront and also what's involved there. Like we can get off the hook if we write Kalisha. Like I've spoken to a rough just by writing Kalisha. It's different now because back in the day, it's not like we would be able to walk out in the street and start singing. We'd be looked <laughs> down upon. This is the same thing. It's like you put it on YouTube. It's like you're walking out in the street and singing. Yes, it's recorded. Yes, it's different. But it's it's amazing that that we can put stuff out there, that we have this platform of social media. I have people who reach out to me all the time. I, I have men who reach out to me. Oh, do you mind if I listen to your music? Whatever. So what do I say to that? Do I mind? Personally, I don't mind. Do I really care? No, I don't really care. Like it doesn't bother. Like if anything, I feel like a lot of the men who are listening to, they're listening anyway. Like how they should just listen to something that's pure. And a woman who's not out there shaking her tuchet is part of me. I'm going to say that, but that's the truth. Like look on YouTube. If they're listening to any, <laughs> they're already listening to a woman singing. One woman uh, said to me, she's like, yeah, but you're being nichshal men. I'm like, listen to me, lady. Like these men, they're already listening to God knows what. Okay. I'm putting it out there. I'm writing Kalisha. 
then they're they're on a certain level. They're, it's not my. I don't know. I have a different. I have a different approach about it. Will I go out there and sing for a live audience of men and women who are coming to hear me sing? No, not at this point. I don't think so. I mean, maybe when Mashiach comes, I don't know. So my advice to girls out there: something that I've been working on because it's. It's hard for me to give advice when I feel like I haven't perfected something. Like, who am I to give advice to somebody? But I would say, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not who others are today. One of the reasons why I don't go on Instagram a lot is even just for my own mental health. I don't want to compare myself to anybody else because I have my own mission. Hashem wants me to inspire specific people. And just because someone else is so successful and in a certain way, their success is meant for them. Their purpose, how they're coming across, the money that they might be making or however famous they are, that's for them. That's their mission. That's what Hashem wants for them. And uh, something that I've been working on a lot is my betachin, just knowing like, okay, so I have my mission. I have my voice. I have what I'm meant to put out there into the world. And yes, I need to work much harder on putting it out there, (laughs) something that I'm working on, but not to compare yourself to others. It's something that I'm working on. And I don't want to give advice when I haven't perfected it. Every day is a different story with me. One day I'm like super confident, super strong, and I'm so, so inspired. And I'm so like, you know, and then one day I'm just like, gosh, how come I can't even get it together and just get one song out? So I would say like, be patient with yourself, be understanding, be kind to yourself, and especially as an artist, we're the biggest critics, self-critics. So just be kind to yourself, be understanding, sensitive, understand that there's a time and place, like Holzman Beis, there's a time and place for you and you will have your moment to shine. Beautiful. And if people want to find you, they could go onto Instagram, Esther Freeman Music. Esther's, Esther's Music. Esther's Music. And on Facebook. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sticking around until the end. Next week, we have an episode on mental health and birth control. Reminder that I'm offering to speak with single men and women to help think of shidduch suggestions. So please don't hesitate to reach out. My email is in the show notes. Some topics to look forward to on this show. Number one, we have an abortion in the firm community episode. Two, infidelity in the firm community. Three, research and data on the shidduch crisis and so much more. If you or anyone you know would like help launching, growing, or monetizing their podcast, please do not hesitate to reach out or make an intro. This is how you can support the show. If you'd like to sponsor an episode, please reach out and make sure to join the WhatsApp discussion group as we build a safe community of opinions, discussions, and free speech. Thank you for tuning in and helping this show grow. I appreciate you, every single one of you spreading the word about this podcast. For the women out there, check out my latest release wherever you listen to your music. It's coming out for Lagba Omer this Wednesday. This new single is my first fully English song called Best That I Can, all about being a mother and doing the best that I can. If you enjoyed this show, you probably will enjoy other podcasts on jewishcoffeehouse.com, so check them out. And make sure to listen to the other episodes on the Francisca Show podcast. As always, thank you and see you next week.